Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyerup904.com. Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans, uh, is only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset and, the, and we won't settle for less than that and this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us so we'll be back this boy got a hit Ten Ten xl 92.5 fm presents jaguars today with your host mike dempsey tony smith mike DeRocco, and e to the t all right good morning everybody happy thursday as we start to Close the book on the 2022 season. It's our last visit with Mike DiRocco for a little while. Anyway, DRock, good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are, are you gonna, guys? What are you going to do with yourself uh, in the weeks ahead? Probably some bad golf is in the, in the cards there. Um, is there any other kind? Generally, no. Not Man, for me. Me either, brother. So... <laughs> Right there with you. How's the foot? You uh, feel uh, good? The, well, you know, it's funny if you ask. Um, thank you. I had like, um, I don't know, I think it's Achilles tendonitis. How would I know? I don't go to a doctor. <laughs> but I think that's, what it, you know, it pops up like once or twice a year. And that went away. But now I think I might have sprained the same foot. I'm not Jeez sure. Louise. But it's not like, it's not like, it, every. it's like every once in a while you, I take a step and I'm like, oh, that's. <laughs> not how it's supposed to feel in there, and uh, but it's not like constant like the other one. So I'm good. I'm just falling apart, Tony, at a regular yeah. pace right here. We're all was, at that age, right? I was watching, I think, The Price is Right last night. The Price is Right at Night uh, was on last night. And <laughs> you I just, are old. I just happened to have it on, right, like after I had watched All Access, and I was they had some commercial running, some ad for some, you know, go see a doctor, and it was like this list of six symptoms, and all of them sounded like, they said you need two or more of these to go see a doctor, and it was like shortness of breath and that kind of stuff. It was like one is not enough. Like one of these is not like, hey, maybe I should see a doctor about this. No, massive Wait chest pain. Get to two. It was stuff like that. Yeah. It was crazy. I got the chest pains, but I'm breathing fine. Yeah, so I, you know, I should be good. You know, I should be fine. I don't know. Um, Oy. anyway, we're happy to have you uh, back with us. What do you do with yourself though? Now, like, is for ESPN, like, how do your duties? Uh, change at this time of the year for I uh yeah I will be working on some more longer term things I've got a the season obit to do that's running next week um and uh you know we're I'm going to be working on some bigger stories um hopefully you know something about Trent Baalke something about Trevor 
um, you know, the offense, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, and then, you know, obviously, you know, you get combine coming up and then boom, it's free agency and then boom, it's a draft and then boom, we're in OTAs. And then I start to cry because there's only like six weeks left it all until it all starts again. again. And yes. it's fine. We're just starting the, the long off season. I'm not, I, it's not as long an off season as we all think it is. No, it's not. But you know, cause like we're six months away from training camp. When we you think look, about it, you know, uh, just like when I hear Demora Smith talk about the big bullies that the NFL are and I think well you don't have to play in the NFL if you don't want to I don't have to do this job either so I'm not going to complain no, about it I don't I'm complain pretty it's, damn it's happy awesome. with the the specs of this particular job uh wh- when you look back at the loss to Kansas City uh, do you feel like well you know what Jags hung around um and competed maybe more than you thought they would or do you feel like man they let one get away that they should have had just like what was your prevailing thought coming out of that game for the Jags yeah sort of the same thing that I you know Doug Peterson and and the players talked about it going into the game missed opportunities in the first meeting Mm. and I felt like they they missed a bunch of opportunities in this game too um and probably blew a game that they should have been able to win uh with Pat Mahomes hurt um you have the fumble uh inside the five you have Christian Kirk not being able to haul in that thing you have them inexplicably not getting any pressure on Patrick Mahomes, who can't move at all. Um, you know, no blitz. Didn't seem like at all. They did blitz though. It seemed. I mean, it, look, not effectively. It, not effectively. Got, I had this this stat that ESPN stats and info sent me because they're wonderful in what they do. They're the best people. Yeah, really, if I, can I find. find it here now. I'm sitting here trying to figure out where the heck it was. Um, Rest of their employees. Suspect, but yes. no, without the stats question. and info side. Um, yeah, here it is. The Jaguars pressured Mahomes in only 16% of his dropbacks after the injury, which was three of 19, compared to 54% of his dropbacks before the injury, which was seven of 13. Right, but I don't think that was from lack of trying. No, no, they just weren't able to get it done. Oh, um, absolutely. And they didn't win any one on ones. And it was know, it was shocking how much they pressured him early that they couldn't get near him. Like, like all you got, you felt like all you had to do was make him move. And he was going to become a dramatically less effective player. Correct. So right? Which to, typically is not right. the case. So what you want there is you want some of those, you know, pressure up the middle, some A-gap blitzes, something. Get him off his spot there. But there were several times where he stood back there and just sort of hopped because he had plenty of time. And you can't – nobody can cover that long. Nobody can. Um, so I felt like they could have won that game. Uh, I don't know should have, but could have won that game for sure. Um, if they had made, you know, two or three extra plays. And how about not letting um, Chad Henney go 98, not pressuring, not mm. blitzing the hell out of Chad Henney uh, when he's in there. Yeah, it's a disappointing drive of the season. Yeah, that, that to me, that was the, the, the difference in the game was that drive. Well, look, if Foye Lucan hangs on to a, a would-be interception, a drive doesn't happen. And, and maybe they take the lead right there. And maybe it does. I really – I just felt like it was going to be the snowball effect. You pin it. All right. You pass up the long field goal, but then you pin him at the two, and here comes Henny. So I didn't feel too bad about it. And then you let him off the hook. I mean, right. you know, just it, it, look. Even if they get two first downs and punt, that's fine. You know what I mean? Get sure. You know, that, that's, well, that's the, fine. the Pacheco thirty-nine yard run that towards the end, they yeah. absolutely killed it because there's no guarantee Henny would have been able to get him to the end zone. I mean, he was completing passes, but they were for nothing. He completed five passes on the drive for less than five yards a pop. You know, which is hard to do. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's over with. We'll look back 
a little bit on the season uh, today with the Jaguars Today question of the day presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. We had a ton of votes yesterday, and it became an incredibly close uh, finish, and we'll get to that one coming up. But uh, today, it's similar. We asked you a few weeks ago, what's the play of the year for the Jags? And we included the walk-off pick six versus Dallas, the sack fumble touchdown versus Tennessee, but we also had the Trevor Lawrence two-point conversion versus the Chargers where he called his own number. Then we had the Travis Etienne run on fourth down, which you know set them up to win that football game. Today is similar but a little bit different. What do you think is the most dramatic moment of the season for the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars? And I list them in the order in which they occurred, starting with the two-point play versus Baltimore. You go back to that game, remember they put it all in one play. And who knows if they lose that game, what – you know, I think winning that game and putting the confidence in the quarterback and having him come through was a really big moment for this team. So we got that one in there. Obviously, we have the overtime interception return uh, for a touchdown by Rayshon Jenkins versus Dallas. The sack fumble touchdown versus Tennessee. And then we went with for the dramatic play, the final play of the game against the Chargers in the playoffs was the Riley Patterson field goal to win it. So those are your choices uh, over 200 votes in on that. Yesterday's poll got nearly 1,700 votes, which is a lot, Tone. For mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we get 500, sometimes we get a thousand. We don't get over 1,500 that often for a one-day uh, question of the day poll. So when we come back, we'll go through what yesterday's question was, where it landed, and uh, how D Rock feels about that. We'll hear a little bit from Trent Balky today uh, as well, and uh, we'll just kind of. You know, put a little bow on the season through the eyes of Mike DiRocco of ESPN and what some of the main storylines uh, DRock anticipates uh, being the big news for the Jaguars heading into this offseason. E.T., how are you this morning? Everything good with you? Yeah, everything good. You caught me mid I did catch you stretching in there, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know, you don't have to, you know, you be you. You just be real in any given moment. Now, he was just stretching that back out. You know, sometimes sitting in a chair for six hours right? can be a little grueling on a physically fit guy like my man E.T., but he's rocking the Jaguar uh, hoodie and the Jaguar baseball cap today, so he is uh, fully emblazoned with the team logo. All right. Uh, if you want to get in today, 641 1010 on the phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on Twitter, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at ESPN Duraco, and at IME2, the T. Come on, somebody. I got the receipts, by the way, our predictions for who's making the playoffs this year. Oh, it's going to be ugly. We're going to see how bad and how <laughs> ugly it actually turned out to be, um, you know, because – we like to go back if we ever have a hit. Well, oh, remember when I said this? Uh, it doesn't happen that often, so we got to hold our feet to the fire. Yeah, hey, I was right on the Packers. Um, what did you say not. about the Packers? They weren't making the playoff. Yeah. Uh, I had them in the wild card, so I was wrong about that. I had them, them in the Super Bowl, so I was wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that was unfortunate. Um, not a whole hell of a lot else did I get right, uh, I don't think. E.T. had them in the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, so. you had to say that. Uh, That's right. D-Rock had the Rams in the Super Bowl, so there was that. Whew. They were eliminated a lot sooner Wait, than Green Bay was. At least the teams I had in the Super Bowl made the playoffs. I'd rather have had the Packers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> at least they were alive Yeah, you did. The you went back to back year. with the L.A. Rams, my man. I got the uh, – 
I got the receipts right here. Oh, so we'll, man. We'll get into that coming up Is as that well. notarized on the uh, date that we Absolutely. <laughs> if it's in my folder, it's official. That's all you need to know. To know the hat and the whistle. Uh, the hat, the whistle, and my folder are the official uh, <laughs> designees. All right, uh, 641-1010 if you want to jump in. Let's have some fun today with Mike DiRocco in studio for the last time for just a little bit as we close out the 2022 season. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, D-Rock is here. That's how you know it's a spandau ballet Thursday. Thank you, E. This is jam. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, okay. In all honesty, <laughs> in songs that, like, I start singing for no reason, um, this is probably top ten all time. All I have to hear is the word true, and I will just start <laughs> saying, and like, my, my wife or I, either one of us, here's the word true. We say, so true. Funny how it seems. And then we just start going into the song, and that's just so I guarantee you I have uh, sung the song poorly more than almost any song. I grew up in the, in the 80s, time. obviously love this song. Yes. Still can't hear it without thinking of Steve Buscemi and the way he sang It's so awesome. Mm. I don't recall the, uh, the scene. What was the scene? He's, it's sort of, I think it's at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and he's sort of doing the same thing that Adam Sandler was, basically being a wedding singer, yeah, and I think he was playing the it there winning. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And he's singing Spandau Ballet. <laughs> All right. I just, I guess I just haven't seen it in a while. I like it. The wedding singer's fine. I remember Billy Idol more than. Did you see Rock of anything. Ages, by the way? That 80s musical with <sighs> Julianne Hoff and uh, whoever the other guy was? I don't think I did. It's really good. I saw School of Rock about 50 times. However, Jack Black. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, D Rock. <laughs> anyway, far off the Tony's like, can already. we move on? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. Tony wants to talk 80s music with us um, <laughs> and things like that. Uh, the Jaguars today question of the day yesterday, presented by Chad and Sandy Real Estate. If only one of these things could happen this offseason, which one? Which one would you choose for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Not, well, I'm going to take this one because I assume the other ones are going to happen. If only <laughs> one could happen and the others couldn't happen then because of that, would you rather have Calvin Ridley reinstated and thus playing for the Jags, re-signing Evan Ingram, or re-signing Juwan Taylor? What Ingram. do you say? Resign Ingram. Easy for you. Yes, because I know what I'm getting from Evan Ingram. I don't know what I'm going to get from Calvin Ridley. ET made that point yesterday. I thought it was a good point. Like, Look, I know that quarterback and wide receiver are different, but Deshaun Watson missed two years, and he didn't exactly light it up this year. And no. It, it'll be 20. I think it'll be 20. If he gets reinstated and he's able to play in the opener, I think it'll be 24 months between his last game and his next game. Um, so, I don't know. How many did he play in uh, he, five? October, 21. Yeah, October 21. So, in, so 23 months. Uh, just about two okay. years. Yeah. Just about it's two like years. Two years. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know what I'm going to get out of that guy. I really – I mean, I'm not saying he's not working out and doing all that other sure. stuff, but a long layoff – You just don't know. You, you don't know, but I know what I'm getting out of Evan Ingram. Do you so know how many I, times I bring uh, him back. Uh, fantasy managers chased the ghost of Josh Gordon's one good year? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, I remember that time he had 1,600 yards – yeah, it was like seven years ago. But yeah, but it's still in there. That's you why know? it always used to drive me crazy. Jags fans like, hey, when, if we get Justin Blackman back, he hasn't played in three and a half, four years, guys. Yes. Like, there's no, like, what do you think? He's just going to walk on and catch 1,200 yards worth of passes. Um, some do. So it's it's not that they really think that. They just think 
what's the dream scenario, best possible scenario. Hey, look, it's, yeah. you can so fan for me, it's easy. Want. I would take Ingram. All right, I think it's a, a good debate, but I took Ingram as well. Uh, Tony went with Ridley. Uh, Ridley. Uh, Osier went with Juwan Taylor. Et went with Ingram as well. 1,662 votes, which is good for one of these little daily polls. Um, Calvin Ridley reinstated, got 47.2%. Wow. Evan Ingram got 46.9%. So we're talking about just a handful of votes um, between these two. How do you feel about Juwan Taylor, D-Rock? How big of a priority is it to bring him back? I'm not saying – because you can do more than one of these things, right? right? We're presuming Calvin Ridley will get reinstated. I think Evan Ingram – will resign in Jacksonville. I think there's so much desire on both sides to figure out something that they'll be able to get something done. So let's say those happen. How much of a priority is it to bring back Juwan Taylor? Or are you in the camp of we could draft a lineman in the first round? Pete Prisco suggested that uh, recently. Uh, you know, you could move Walker Little over to the right side or you, you just have to bite the bullet somewhere. How do you feel about it? I think he's priority 1A behind Evan Ingram. For the Jaguars. That being said, you know, it's everyone says in the aftermath of the game in the locker room on Monday and how wonderful. Got to have him back. Well, no, I mean, the players are like, I'd love to be back. I would love to be. I love the culture here. I love Doug. It is a, like, look, no one's taking hometown discounts. Okay. There may be one guy. I think Ingram might. Um, Well, it depends on what the hometown discount well, that's is. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, like, you better start at 12 annually for Ingram because if you don't and you sit there and try and get him for like 10, 5 or whatever, then he's probably not going to be the guy. He's probably not coming back. I mean, it, money factors into this, and yeah, he admitted that too. So, sure it does, but no, um, no state income tax factors into your money. True. Right, so 10 and a half here might be as good or better than 11 somewhere else. You know, for instance, uh, he's going to get more than eleven. I'm just saying, yeah. for, for yeah, instance, for instance. But like, you know. I, I just, I don't understand why everybody. There are a lot of people think all these guys are going to take hometown discounts. It, they may not be able to afford Juwan Taylor. I agree. That's a po- That's and, a possibility. And there because are people it, just that are saying, you know, look, you can get under the cap. Well, you can get under the cap, but at what cost? Of like, how much? How much are you willing to push money two years down the road? And for how instance? many guys do you want to do that with? That's the other question. And you still have other holes you need to go out and fill. Correct. And, you know, you're starting over the cap going into the process. Do you right. think Juwan Taylor is going to be a coveted player in free agency? I think people will definitely, other teams will definitely go after Juwan Taylor. And in my, I would think that whatever number the Jags have in mind for Juwan, I think they may have to pay more than that. So do you think? Because if you're Juwan, you hit the market. You don't sign before free agency starts. You hit the market and see what you can get. I think that would be the smartest. Now, if you're Ingram and you definitely want to be back here and you feel like you can get a good deal done, maybe you do that. But if Ingram hits the market, they're going to have to overpay for, probably pay more for what they had budgeted for Evan Ingram. I wonder. You know, they got him on a one-year deal last year. He had a terrific year. There's no question about it. It was a big-time prove-it deal for him. Mike Gusecki is going to be out there. Dalton Schultz could be out there. It's not a terrible tight end market Mm -hmm. out there. So it's not like Ingram's the one guy tone that you look at and go, if I have to get a tight end, I have to get him. Well, and I I think he's the easiest, right? Because if everything else fails, you're going to tag him. 
you know, and you'll figure out a way to do it with Ingram. If he doesn't, if you can't come to terms on a long-term deal, Evan Ingram will get tagged by the Jaguars. I don't think that's the route they want to go. I don't think it's the route that Evan Ingram's going to want to go. But he's got to know it's a possibility, right. too. Yeah, so. they all do. Juwan Taylor, they're not tagging him. No, no. Right? Like, that's not going to happen. You're either going to figure out a deal with Juwan Taylor or he's not going to be here. You're either going to figure out a deal with a guy like Arden Key or he's not going to be here. You know, I, I do think they have more flexibility in what they're doing with Evan Ingram. That doesn't mean that I don't think he's the highest priority free agent for the football team, but I do think he's the easiest to see he's not leaving Jacksonville this offseason right. is the way. And I maybe feel about he it. takes a little bit less. Maybe. But way, until I see it, I'm always I'm always skeptical when guys are like, Oh yeah, you know, the hometown discount is no one guy took hometown discounts. Tom Brady took it for years. I, I don't I think other guys in New England ended up taking well, okay, less so true. they could get too. But they um, were winning Super Bowls. Yeah. Right, but I, I think yeah. it, it happens on occasions. You do hear about guys that I was offered more money in this place or I was offered more money in that place. I'm not saying they're taking $5 million a year less, but there can be – I don't think you have to necessarily have the – I don't think it's, for Ingram, just top dollar. you got to consider the quarterback situation, the, sure. the, you know, the offense that they're running, all these different things. Hayden Hurst is a free agent. Robert Tunyon – I'm not saying for the Jags. Of, like of the, all those guys that you mentioned, though, like Ingram is probably the best pass catcher. Like Gasecki's not a lineup in the slot type of guy. You know what I mean? Oh, I hey, think that's exactly what he is. I think he is only that. I think the reason he didn't get used is because he can't play in line. He is nothing but an athlete and a pa- he's a six foot five weapon in the passing game. He doesn't line up on the line very much, huh? Hardly ever. Well, he, I they miss they on split that. him okay. out a lot um in, I don't in Miami. Not a lot they didn't all. use him that so. much because Well they brought uh, because, in Tyreek and Waddle and, and right, got but, all that. But they, they coming from a San Francisco system with Mike McDaniel, they like their tight ends to be complete players. They don't like to have you know they want if you're on the field as our tight end we don't want to be like every it's time Gasecki's on the yeah. field, it's a tell, right? That that he's not. It's probably a passing play. It's not a running play because he was just not that great a blocker. Again, I'm not saying the Jags should target Gasecki. I'm just saying if you're in the market for a tight end, you might say, hey, you know what? Some team may say I'll spend 13 million a year on Evan Ingram. Another team might say, hey, I maybe I can get Gasecki for eight or nine, and that fits my budget a little bit better, right? I'm um, Hayden Hurst, uh, another guy, uh, Irv Smith, who. You know, his problem is health. He's only 25 years old. I think, you know, in the right system could be an offensive weapon. I think it's a pretty good tight end class out there. How many games has he missed? Bunch. Tons. I mean, but there are guys like that that you take a chance on sometimes, depending on your budget. Right. I'd say, hey, you know what? We could afford Evan Ingram, but we also need X. Let's spend on X and try to get Irv Smith in here and hope we catch lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Missed 13 games in the last two years. So that's a bunch. Yeah. You know, but how many over his career? That's he's only been in the league three years. Don't get me wrong. For this team, Evan Ingram, I and I agree with Tony. I think worst comes to worst, they'll use the franchise tag and they're not just gonna let him walk away for nothing. They don't want to. No, they don't want to. But I think he knows that that's an option in the back of his mind. And a lot of things can happen in one year, right? You get a major injury. You could be Irv Smith going into next free agency. So if you're Evan Ingram, they're saying, hey, We'll give you this, and if you don't take this, we're going to franchise tag you, and nobody's going to give you a long-term deal while you're under the franchise tag because nobody's going to give up two first-round picks to get you. Then he might take the security of 
thirty million guaranteed or whatever that number maybe happens yeah. to be on a four year deal or something yeah, like the that. The franchise tag projected, obviously, we don't know for sure, is eleven point four. Okay. For um tight end. Not much more than it was last year, I think, right? I think it was wasn't like eleven two, maybe something like I that. Yet. For I because uh, Schultz and Gasecki both won, played. What, what kind of yeah. deal would you offer, Evan Ingram? I mean, I like a three or four year deal with the, maybe the fourth year voidable, uh, where he would make maybe like twelve million a year, like thirty guaranteed, twelve million a year average, something like that for the first three years. I'm just throwing numbers out there. I haven't like sat there and crunched the budget and right. done all these things. I'm just trying to get a feel for what he might be worth. I think he's proven his worth in this offense. Right? He's proven his worth in this locker room, in this culture that they're trying to build. So you don't have those kind of questions with him. Is he going to be a fit? Uh, he's going to have, you know, he had games where he disappeared, meaning they didn't use him that much. You never heard a complaint out of Evan Ingram. He had Not games, you know, where he'd step up and he'd catch a ton of passes and he was the focal point of the passing game. Uh, I think he can, I, I think his best days may still be ahead of him. Mm-hmm. I think he's still young enough that uh, this isn't necessarily his peak season that we saw this year. But anyway, um, that's how it went down yesterday. Calvin Ridley reinstated by a smidge over Evan Ingram in terms of your priority. If only one of those things could happen this off season, which would you choose for the Jaguars? And then Jawan Taylor, a distant third, only pulling in 5.9% of the vote. Today's question of the day, asking you about the most dramatic play of the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Was it the two pointer versus Baltimore, the walk-off pick six versus Dallas, the sack fumble touchdown versus Tennessee or Riley Patterson, winning one of the biggest comebacks in NFL history with his field goal versus the L.A. Chargers. You can vote Adam D underscore 1010XL. When we come back, we will put ourselves, throw ourselves on the mercy of the court <laughs> here with our uh, our selections for the NFL postseason yeah. this year. Need to be more bold. I don't know if we need to be more bold or more conservative or what the problem is. We need to be better, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's put it that way. We'll tell you who we picked who uh, actually turned out to be good selections and which ones deserted us. Uh, None of us have a Super Bowl team left in the mix. Let's leave it that way, at least still alive in the NFL playoffs. Uh, With Mike DiRocco in-house, Tony Smith and E.T. are here. I'm Mike Dempsey. All Jags, all NFL. Jaguars today on 1010XL. You know, yesterday somebody suggested, or at least asked, brought up the possibility, could they trade the Jaguars? Could they trade Cam Robinson this offseason? And foolishly, I just looked at the the dead cap hit not being on the roster, right? Like, if you cut Cam Robinson, the dead cap money is more than the actual cap money if you have him on the roster. So there's no incentive there, but it's different if you're able to trade him. Obviously, somebody pointed that out to me yesterday on social media, and it just kind of like a brain cramp. So, you could conceivably, if you could find a market for Cam Robinson, somebody to take on his contract, um, go the route of designating him as a post-June 1st trade and dropping his dead cap figure from $26 million to $5 million this year You'd then push five million in the future, or you could take ten in dead cap hit this year. If you did that, you're saving twelve million against the cap, right? So I guess my question is, if you found someone who was willing to roll the dice on Cam Robinson for whatever 
whatever compensation, because this move would be kind of, we're going to elevate Walker Little, we're going to re-sign Jawan Taylor, and we're doing this to clear cap space, and Cam's going to be coming off a torn ACL. Obviously, that leaves you in a position where you still need a swing tackle. There's no question about it, but do you think that's even plausible, D-Rock, or do you think they like Cam Robinson too much? Or uh, And again, I'm not saying there'd be a, a market where you'd get a first-round pick or anything close to that for him because they'd have to be taken on that contract. But even if you if you did this to clear cap space, you would basically take anything, Tony. You'd take a six-rounder, yeah. right? And and you say, okay, you're taking that contract off and of you're our you're probably not getting books. better than fourth or fifth with them coming off the ACL and the contract. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. They, right, so that's what I'm saying. They, you, yeah. the, it's not about the compensation you get. It'd be more about we're shifting his dollars over to Juwan Taylor, and maybe those dollars wouldn't even be as high. Now – the base salary for Cam this year is $16 million, right? Um, but you roll in part of his signing bonus, his roster bonus, workout bonus, the whole thing, his cap hit is $22 million. If you sign Juwan Taylor, we looked at it, what, five right tackles are making $12 million, something like that? 12 plus. 12, 12 plus. or more, yeah. All right, so let's say you, you signed Juwan Taylor to a four-year deal where his cap hit in the first year – Fourteen million, right? I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm picking a number here. Yeah, it's eight million less than what Cam Robinson is hitting right now. Now again, there's going to be some dead money from Cam. So is there a scenario where you could save enough money, re-sign Jawan Taylor, and have Little and Taylor as your bookend tackles like they were at the end of the year, and move on from Cam Robinson if you could find a taker? I don't think that's something the Jags are would do. I mean, you could make that work, I suppose, but like if you're the Jags, you can't trade him until you have Jawan under contract. Well, you could still, you know, get him under contract. Right. You got to get him under contract first. Um All right, let's say you did though. Let's say you got him under contract, you clear enough cap space, but there's always you could always use more cap space to be more aggressive at other positions. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like you can like if you're signing Jawan, you're pushing some of that cap out into the future, and, and I think in 2024, which is the first year of the new TV deal, the cap is supposed to go up significantly. So I don't, you know, maybe it's a little tight again this year like it was this past year, but, I mean, I, I just don't know if it's what you're going to get. Is it worth it to get a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick for a guy that you basically expected to be your starting left tackle? And Sure. I, I don't when, – when do you hear – I wouldn't do it. When do you hear he's going to be ready? Like, uh, have they, he was walking around in the locker room the other day with a brace on his leg, and, you know, it was one of those don't bend the knee brace parts mm -hmm. at that point. So, you know, it's going to be a while. I mean, I think the, the expectation is he'll be ready at the some, at, for camp at some point in camp. Okay. Um, Let me ask you this then. All right, because then you're presuming he's going to be good to go, at least to compete for that left tackle spot. If you knew – Walker Little would play as well as he did down the stretch. And he wouldn't have had that showcase to do it if Cam were hurt. But, like, if you could go back and somehow knew at the time that Walker Little would play actually really good at left tackle, would you have signed Cam Robinson to that extension at all? No, I wouldn't have. Okay, so then why wouldn't you consider that same scenario where if you could take that money off the books – if you wouldn't have signed him to the extension, if you knew Walker Little would play the way he did, well, he did play that way. 
if you could clear that money or the majority of it, why wouldn't you consider that? I just don't know I'm getting like a fourth-round pick. Is that enough for a guy? It's not about what you're getting for him, I think. I think it's more about well, like but we, we think we have a cheaper alternative who's just now. as good. What you're doing is you're creating – by doing that, you're clearing some cap space, but you're creating a hole. Okay, so but you're creating say, a hole for a swing tackle. Correct. Can you find a swing tackle for $5 bucks that you'd be comfortable with? If you're a swing tackle at $5 million, you're a backup offensive lineman. Maybe they like one of the guys they already have. Um, I mean, I'm just looking yeah, at the Bengals maybe. losing offensive linemen every freaking day. And, that is and, that and, is a weird situation because there's, I mean, there's no way they should be where they are down three offensive linemen. Um, but that's partly on Burrow too. And and Trevor gets the ball out quick for sure. He's one of the quickest in the league in terms of getting the ball out. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. Think I would make the trade. Right, I'm just kind of, I'm yeah. more playing devil's advocate on yeah, some scenarios here. I'm not trade, like yeah. pushing for this to happen, but no. I, I think yesterday I kind of looked at it and I was like, oh, the dead money it doesn't make sense. And then when you look at, well, you actually could lower that dead money down to as little as five million dollars, depending on how you well, structure. There's no the guarantee deal. you find a trade guy. So if you no, there's if not. You do I'm that, saying in that and scenario, then, if and you people did. are like, yeah, we'll give you a sixth. We're not taking an, uh, an injured offensive lineman who's blown out two knees, by the way. Which is what I said. You yeah. wouldn't get much in compensation. So the they, deal you'd be doing is just to get that money off the books. They can they can create some space some other ways. Okay. That I you know and and you can but, you but is, you a lot of times when you do create that space. You're creating another hole somewhere else. Well, you're dumping Shaquille Griffin for sure. I mean, we know that's coming. That's so, just one piece, though. Right. But you're also, you could dump, um, you could cut Jamal Agnew as well and save some money. And no, I know no, 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 people no. don't want to hear that, but that's that's a, a move that I would not be surprised if this team makes. Terrible idea. Or may ask him to, re- you can ask these guys to restructure too. Sure you can. Some of those guys and create a little bit of space there as well, but. You know, you could you could restructure with Cam Robinson. You could. You could right. also take you know Roy Robertson Harris and ask him to restructure or cut him outright. Either way, whatever. I mean, you could, and but then you do that, and you're opening up another. You spot are for a guy who played pretty well thing, down the stretch. The one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to hurt Trevor. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got you. So, so dumping Cam Robinson or getting you know what I mean and getting a fourth or a fifth round pick. You know, I you know it's not about again. It's not but you, just not about I what know, you're getting. I know it's about the money too, but you also have to look at how does it impact on the field. Are they a better team with Cam Robinson, Juwan Taylor, and Walker Little on the roster? Sure. Are they a better team if they go out there and sign two other really? They have five deep. Or yes, they're a better team. At, at a certain point, you you only have so many assets financially. Right. But no, but no team is really really good depth wise on the offensive line, except apparently the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, who doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, they're going out there, and their quarterback is finding a way to flourish. The running game, everything flourished against one of the, what's supposed to be one of the best defenses in the league. And um, anyway, let's table that for now. Uh, let's get WB on the west side. I do want to get to these predictions. We can run through these fairly quickly here. Uh, WB, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Good morning, gentlemen. How you guys doing? This We're morning? well. What's up? Okay, uh, I'm driving the truck, so I, I wasn't able to go to the to the uh, emails and uh, vote on the uh, most dramatic play. Okay, but you guys left out the one play that um, where um, Evan Egan drug a, a Dallas Cowboy at least what ten to fifteen yards to the sideline for that timeout. I think that should have been put in. 
but one of the most dramatic plays. All right. I mean, it was and, it was good play. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was going to leave it at that, and you guys have a great morning. I love the show. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, look, we're, we're limited to four options. Mm-hmm. To me, the clearly the most dramatic play in that game was the return for the touchdown. You know, you were trailing all game, but no, you, look, somebody else brought up Trevor Lawrence's toe injury versus Detroit. I mean, think about it. The whole season flashed before your eyes. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, imagine they certainly wouldn't have won the division. Wouldn't oh, have been to the playoffs, no. right? And we would have been sitting here going, how much did Trevor even improve this year, right? I mean, it started to turn it around, but it wasn't like, you had this winning streak to look back on and all those stats he started to compile down the stretch. Um, the fact that he was able to come back on the field, that's very damn significant. I don't disagree. All right, let's look at uh, quickly what we predicted way back when in August, probably, maybe early September uh, here. Uh, let's start with the good. What we decided to do, if you got the team correct in the right spot, in other words, if you picked them to win the division they they did, you got a point. If you pick them to win the division, they're a wild card. You got a half point. Or if you pick them to be a wild card and they won the division, you get a half point, basically. Okay. okay. So we all got a point because we all had Buffalo winning the AFC East. Yay! Should we stop there? I'm I'm for it. <laughs> Pretty bad after that, huh? I'm 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 good to stop. Uh, no, uh, D Rock, you and I both had Cincinnati winning the AFC North. Look so at that. Look at us getting two full points. Um, we are so smart. Tony and ET each had Baltimore winning, and they did make the playoffs, so they got a half point there. Uh, should we skip the AFC South? <laughs> <laughs> Would we all have Indy? We offered. Yeah. Clean sweep for Indianapolis. Yeah. We offered. We're idiots. Okay. Um, not as bad as me picking Vegas to win the West. However, maybe. I don't know. It probably was. It probably was worse, actually. Mm, yeah. um, let's see. Tony and ET both had the Chargers winning the division, so they got a half point there. And D-Rock's the only one who believed KC would win, and they win it every freaking year. Uh, so he got another full point. Um, wild cards, I got two and a half on the wild card. I, I was the only one who had Miami. I had the Chargers in the wild card, and I also had Kansas City. So I got two and a half. That was pretty good. Four and a half total for the AFC. Tony had Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Denver in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So you got a point out of that for a total of three. ET had the same three, Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Denver as wild cards. E.T. ended up with three in the AFC. And D-Rock had the Chargers, the Ravens, and Vegas, the Raiders. So you got two points there. So D-Rock, you had five, which took down the AFC side of things. Uh, In the NFC, three of us had Philadelphia to win the division. And then there was uh, D-Rock. the Cowboys, He did take the Cowboys. He got a half point there. Uh, Let's see. Three of us had Minnesota to win the division. Tony went with Green Bay, (laughs) however. Uh, so uh, we, the Minnesota's got it right. Three of you had Tampa Bay winning the South. I had New Orleans. Not good. Uh, and we all had the Rams winning the West. Dun, uh, dun, dun. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun. Uh, so the Rams, terrible there. Um, then in the wild card, I had Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Green Bay. So I got a, I should get a full point for Dallas in the wild card there. So I got like three and a half. Uh, for a total of eight, I think, uh, based on our wacky scoring system, Green Bay didn't make the playoffs at all. Tony had Dallas, Minnesota, and Arizona, uh, so he should get a full point for Dallas. I probably scored this all wrong. It doesn't really matter. D-Rock's going to win it. Um, <laughs> he 
except except when we minus him off for who he had in the Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, Et at Philadelphia, San Francisco. Et somehow at Philly as a, a division winner and a wild card, and we let that one happen. So <laughs> Et had your bases covered. Double points. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the point for the division, and uh, maybe not so much for the wild card. So I don't know how that one got past the goalie. <laughs> Uh, and D Rock went with Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Arizona as mm. wild cards. Um, I'm the only one who had two actual playoff teams in the Super Bowl, although they're both eliminated. Neither won a game. I had the Chargers and the Vikings. Uh, Tony had Buffalo and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So at least one of his teams made the playoffs. He had Buffalo and the Rams, right? Um, ET had the Chargers and Green Bay. So that's Yikes. getting bad. And uh, D Rock had the Bills and the Rams. Yeah, yeah Buffalo and the Rams. So. You're just going chalky as it could get, but uh, I think <laughs> you had, you you went uh, well not the Super Bowl pick, but overall I think you had the most uh, right selections on in a year that no one should be proud to take that title <laughs> title home. But I'd be more proud if I were you than I would be if I were the rest of us. So we'll put it that way. All right, let's go to uh, John on the west side next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, John. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. Uh, I got a question for Mike. Uh, we got three teams in our division that are probably going to be looking for quarterback, which they, we know they are, Indy, Texans, and I don't think that the, with the new GM in, te- in Tennessee, he's going to stick with Tannehill. So do you? we've already pretty much anointed Trevor as the, you know, the leader of this division, but what happens if you know we got Brady out there, we got Rodgers out there, we got Jimmy G out there? What are the chances of, you know, Ursay would sell his soul to get a good quarterback, but what are the chances of coming in free agents landing in our division, and what do you think of, will we be able to take them, or, you know, how will we stack up against them? Yeah, good question. Words? And I'll take it up there. Appreciate Thank it. You. Yeah, I don't see Brady or Rodgers landing in this division. Um, I think that those are There guys- was some talk about Rodgers in Tennessee last year right. a little bit. I mean, what he supposedly has a house down there, right? Isn't that what the rumor I know, was? Man. I, I mean, right. Well, the question is, if you added one, like I think there, there's so much talk that if Brady plays, it's going to be for the Raiders. That it makes so much Niners. sense. Well, yeah. particularly with, though with Josh McDaniel running that offense, you know, yes, the Niners. If Brock Purdy can do it, you would think Brady could do it. But the Niners might be like, yeah, Brock Purdy can do it. Why do we need to pay <laughs> you thirty, whatever million dollars or forty million dollars? Um, all right. So what? What if though? One of those guys, let's say Rodgers or Brady, went to Tennessee. Went to Tennessee. Because I can't imagine any of them going to the Colts or the Texans. They're not going to choose to go there. I would still think the Jags are better off because they have better offensive talent, skill talent, than the Titans. Um, it's Traylon Burks and Derrick Henry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much. The, the tight ends are okay. I mean, yeah, is, yeah, I mean, inter- yeah it's interesting nice. Player. But, I mean, the Jags are better offensively. Um, I don't know that, I mean, it, it makes the division more interesting, but I don't know if Brady going to the Titans instantly makes them the favorite. I don't see that. Um, or Rogers, whoever goes to the Titans. I don't think that makes them the favorite. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure if Rogers is actually going to play. You know what I mean? I, I, and I'm still not a hundred percent sure if Brady's going to play either, but I still think the Jags would be the favorite in that division even if Brady or Rodgers ended up in Tennessee. How, my question with Tennessee is, how much longer can you be run first with Derrick Henry? How much longer can he withstand that pounding? How much longer can he be effective 
and I don't. He's going to be thirty, right? No. He's yeah. Like, no. Yeah, he's close to thirty. Uh, well, we're all, you know. I'm not close to thirty, 20s, dude. Uh, um, when we're in our twenties, we'll all be thirty one day. Uh, we're all furiously. Yeah. Who's the first to get it? Uh, he is. Where is it? He's 29. Yeah, he's 29. Yeah, he's right. 29. He just, just turned well, 29 be, so in January. So he'll be 30 after the season. He'll be 30 after the season. But we've all seen that seems to be the magical number where I these guys he's drop more like off. 27, 28, honestly. Yeah, well, he, those first couple of years, he didn't carry the ball as much. Yeah, going um, into year eight. Yeah, I mean, he's got 1,750 rushes. That's a lot of rushes. He averaged 4.4 um, yards a carry, which was a tick up from last year, although those are – Two of the lower marks of his career. He's not going to be that five-and-a-half-yard-a-carry guy that he was in 2020, probably. No. When he went for 2,000 no. yards. But, I mean, you look at the pace he was on last year at 4.3 yards a carry. It was the amount of carries he was taking. He took 349 carries this year and only missed the one game because he was nicked up and he could have played. They and they, they rested him in Week 17. So, I mean, I think it's on a year-to-year basis with him. Could he have one another? I mean, he had 1,500 yards rushing this year. A lot. Could, could he have a 1,350-yard season next year with uh, double-digit touchdowns? Very easily, I think. So, you know, I, I think you're right. How long can it go on? But year to year, I, I think there's a reasonable expectation that he'll be pretty effective in 2023. You know, if if he gets hurt, that changes the calculus. You know, I don't know. Yeah, what do also- you think? Think he's coming to an end? I hate to doubt Derrick Henry because all he's done is just perform at that ridiculously high level, but it's at a position that, you know, just choosing Had a career high in receptions this year, too. I mean, it's if you look at his total, it's 1750, and then you add in. My man had 1,936 yards this year. That's a lot. And he missed a game. That's a lot. And he scored 13 on the ground. Uh, did not have a receiving touchdown, but he caught 33 passes by far his career high mm-hmm. this yeah, year. Yeah, you're looking at, you know, almost 1,800 touches. Dude's touches. a freak. He's a freak of nature. He really man. is. So, like, that's the thing. That position just chews and spits guys out. I but mean, how many guys are like him? That That's true. I mean, is he the Earl? But is he Earl Campbell? Or is he, you know, I. Or is he I Frank Gore? He hasn't shown any sign to me. Of slowing down, other than the injury last year, and guys get hurt. Right, you know what I mean. At that position, they do. Right, and that was a foot injury, and you know you could say, well, it's all that wear and tear. That's the only year he's missed any kind of significant time in his career. He played 15, 16, 16, 15, 16, then eight last year. Right, and missed the one game this year by team choice. Led the league in carries. Yeah, no, I hear you. He's done it three of the led last the, four yeah, years. Three of the last four years, he's led the league in and carries. and he was on pace for a record amount the prior season through eight games. He had two hundred and nineteen carries in eight games last year. So I don't know what the answer is, D Rock. But yeah, I, I don't either. But I just I don't think that that is it can't be sustainable much longer. Is the way I'm. I'll, g- at. I'll give you that, right? Um, but it could it could it stretch out two more years, Tone? You know, I think if it, they land Brady, could. right, and you have Derrick Henry and Tom Brady, is that pretty good for a couple years yeah that's pretty good for a couple years if you're the titans and you were able to go that direction or rogers do you get out of malik willis's rookie contract and pretend it never happened (laughs) like that's not bad if you have derrick henry playing at that kind of level and you add a tom brady or an aaron Rodgers to that so 
We'll see if they can pull that kind of thing off. I mean, look, they'll need him to compete with the Colts and Texans for second place. <laughs> so let's be clear about this. Yeah. We're not afraid of it. We're just looking at the landscape. Yeah. I thought it doesn't it was a good mean question, I wouldn't though. still pick the Jags to win the division. I will. Right, but. but- they look, are better with, with Rodgers or Brady. I yeah. mean, clearly they're yeah. they're better uh, than they were this year. I mean, they came within an eyelash with Ryan Tannehill and garbage yeah. at the position of winning the division. So, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for their complete collapse, that Week 18 game wouldn't have meant what it meant for the Jaguars, which was out of the Jags' hands, but they uh, certainly played along. All right, we got to take a time out here. If you're on the line, stay there. Appreciate the conversation. 641-1010 is the way to do it. D-Rock is here. Fat Tony, E.T., Mike Dempsey. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All Jags, all NFL. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right. Uh, more than one response to today's poll question has uh, followed up with a reply, something along the lines of, I'm going with the Baltimore two-pointer because – None of the rest of them matter if we don't make that play. Well, yeah, they do, actually, if everything else went the same exact way. Now, maybe you feel like if they didn't win that game, they wouldn't have the momentum to go on the streak that they did at the end of the season. But had they lost the Baltimore game or the Dallas game, for that matter, and that was the only one they lost and that was the only outcome that was different, they'd still be division champs right now. They just would have had the same record as Tennessee but would have had a head-to-head sweep and that would have been the tiebreaker. Uh, so they absolutely would – it still would have mattered. To me, though, it doesn't even matter, Tone. Like, it's not dramatic because of what impact it had six weeks later. Mm-hmm. It's Was it dramatic in that moment? Was it, Were you on the edge of your seat? Were your hearts in your throat? I mean, they here we go. They delivered that over and over this uh, year. They did. And, yeah. I mean, just a, an amazing comeback and then decide, okay, we're going to roll out the wheelbarrow and go for two. And uh, we're going to put it all on Trevor Lawrence. And he makes a beautiful dime throw to Zay Jones. And you win the game, basically. And Baltimore did have two more uh, plays. But, I mean, that's basically the end of the game. You know you have no more time left. Mm -hmm. So, you don't complete that play. That's an L. Uh, That's drama to me. I'm not saying it's the most dramatic one. It may be, uh, in your opinion. But if, you know, you're basing it on what else came after would not have mattered as much, it absolutely would have mattered as much now you could say if you don't get the one against Tennessee well then nothing that happened in the Chargers game would have happened because you wouldn't have been playing that game okay that's fine you know if you want to go that it doesn't change the fact that it was pretty damn dramatic in the Charger game you know once you find yourself in that position to be able to come back from 27 down I mean the 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 games we have to pick from this year D-Rock are just absurd <laughs> yeah if we'd have done this last year whoo Buffalo. A lot of Buffalo. dead air. Yeah. Nine <laughs> six, baby. A lot of dead air. The good Josh Allen game. That's what we would have had, and that's what we did have for the most part. Uh, all right, let's get to a Fred on the north side. Wants to check in, talk a little offensive line here on Jaguars today. What's up, Fred? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I wanted to call in to talk about Walk a little. Um, in my opinion, I think Walk a little is he's average, right? So I feel like we could find another Walk a little. But I, didn't, I think we need to focus our attention on making sure that we re-sign Dewan Taylor. Because in my opinion, he was, he was our best offensive lineman um, this season. I feel like he's real important. We need to make sure we protect um, Trevor Lawrence. And sometimes I get, ta- I get tired of the walk a little talk. I just think he's average. And I think he'd be replaced. He's good for what he do, you know. 
you know, coming in, you know, you know, get, you know, I'm coming in for Juwan or Cam when they hurt, but uh, I'm I'm not really impressed with um, Walker Little. I think we can find another Walker Little in the draft or, you know, learn free agents. All right. Uh, I would disagree, and I probably would have felt that way prior to the way he played down the stretch. He played amazingly well down the stretch. I mean, you know, pro football focus greater than that one game against the Chargers in all his past blocking reps against uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. He didn't allow a single pressure yeah. in that game. He was not average or let. Now, again, you can look and say, well, he got beat out by Juwan Taylor. Yeah, maybe he's Walker Little just is a better fit as a left tackle than he is as a right tackle. And I'm not arguing with you. Juwan Taylor played very well, mm-hmm. but it's not like Walker Little's costing you anything. No, and Walker had back-to-back bad reps on Saturday against the Chiefs. He had the tripping call, and then he had the sack right after that, and they had to punt the ball instead of even having the chance to kick a field goal. And look, if there are fans out there that are holding that against them, that's fine. I would say, how did you feel about Jawan Taylor four games into his playing career? Because that's essentially what you've seen from Walker Little. At this point, he just hasn't played enough for you to have a real solid opinion of what he is, but I do think, you know, we talked to Jeff Lagerman on Tuesday about it, and he's like, he's getting better every time he plays, getting better and better just with the reps of being on the field. Hadn't played a lot in the last three years, but he's getting better with time on the field. I We were talking about it on the break. We've been talking about offensive line and the different things you can do to maneuver it, and looking at it, uh, if Jawan Taylor is coming to the table with the Jags and he wants something over – the neighborhood of 11 or $12 million a year, I'm walking away from it. And Walker Little can be my right tackle, and I'd be fine with that. I keep in mind, uh, Juwan Taylor often – now, again, I don't think these grading systems are foolproof, right, at Pro no. Football Focus or uh, ESPN or any of these places. No offense to you, right? I mean, they're just not, right, because you don't know everyone's assignment on every single play. Correct. But um, Juwan Taylor graded out very poorly against the run or as a run blocker, I should say, uh, compared to NFL average offensive tackle play. He was one of the worst, which is surprising as hell to me. Like, that seems like the easier thing. Now, the more important thing is pass protection, but it's not insignificant when, like, Pro Football Focus had him failing on more than one out of five run block um, reps this year. So, I thought he played well. Um, I know Trevor Lawrence has lobbied to have him come back. If the Jags can make it work, nobody's trying to push Juwan Taylor out. No problem with him coming back. Right. It's just a a question of, you know, Walker Little's on a rookie deal. He's not going anywhere, regardless of whether Juwan Taylor's a starter at right tackle, uh, Cam Robinson's a starter at left tackle. At worst, Walker Little is in the same spot he was this year, and he's probably, you would assume, if you can work out an extension with him, because he's – I think only on a three-year rookie deal. Am I wrong about that? Or is no, it, they're all four years. It's four. Okay. Yeah. That's um, right. Or all four. And the first round, you got the fifth-year option. Right, yeah. My only thing so he's with, got two more years. My only thing with Jawan is, in his first three years, he gave up 40 sacks, which is the most in the league by, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he only gave up six this year, um, which is really, really good. Um, you know, do you, do you uh, have the hesitancy, been, he, the skepticism he, he, well, of a contract I mean, year? It's a contract year, and I, you know what I mean? And I know Phil Rauscher, uh has helped and made a big difference um, with him, for sure, as with the other guys. But, again, and, and those sack numbers, by the way, were just according to um, 
my uh, ESPN. Uh, now, if you look at Trent, where is he? Oh, my gosh, I'm going so far down. If you look at his pass block win rate throughout his entire career, he ranks 58 out of offensive tackles that have played since 2019. 58. That's, that's terrible. That's really not good. Now, if you just do well, last we consider there's only 64 starting tackles in any given week, right? Um, if you just do last year, where does that? What is his pass block win rate among offensive tackles? Because it's not fair to compare him to other positions. He ranked. Still looking. Still looking. 37th, 88.8%. So, wh- wh- I mean. Does it rank Walker Little because he didn't play nearly as much? Like, yeah. does he, ra- is it, there's like a percentage of how often you win your rep? It's, I'm curious to see what they say about him. Yeah, let me see if I can find his. Um, All right, dig it up. Let's uh, let's get uh, yeah. Mark in Mandarin up on the line while we're talking offensive line. He's on that um, track as well as D-Rock does some research. Mark, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, this is something uh, I wondered after watching the Charger game after that I DVR'd it. Um, I noticed on – so NBC, when they introduce the players, they show you the PFF grade at the bottom. And I'm sorry if you guys have already uh, talked about this, um, but I noticed that Fortner, Luke Fortner, was rated, if memory serves me, uh, second to last out of qualifying centers. And I was just curious because it seems like Jaguar Nation, including myself, um, that Fortner's been kind of lauded uh, pretty much across the board as, as being a good pick and a solid center. Um, so I was just curious, what what's the disconnect there? I mean, was he good this year or was he bad this year or – What's the deal with his PFF grade? Uh, I, I can't tell you what the deal is with his PFF grade, but I will say that to me, I don't grade. I think it's the weakest spot for most people who follow the National Football League. But to me, I'm looking is Luke Fortner constantly getting thrown back in the lap of Trevor Lawrence, and I didn't think that was the case this year. I mean, was he beat? Sometimes, sure, but every lineman gets beat. I did not feel like he was. Watching the games week in, week out, Tony, without grading them, I didn't feel like he was a liability. No. Uh, it certainly didn't seem to be a problem. It looks like he needs to get stronger. and we'll, Oh, everyone like says it, right? Got to get in the weight room. Yeah. So he's got an offseason to work on those kind of things. I don't think center is going to be something that you need to address going into this offseason. If that's where the direction of the caller was going with that, no. I don't think the Jags are going to be looking to readdress center here in the next few months, Luke Fortner is going to be the guy for the length of his rookie contract is the way that it looks, Absolutely. and we'll see beyond that. Fortner, by the way, gave up four sacks, which was the second fewest on the team, only to Tyler Shatley at three, according to ESPN. Right, but, you, you know, th- right. generally you're, you're right. better pass rushers coming off the edge. Right. But, it all is, right, so did you find Walker Little I did. numbers? Just real quick, Luke Fortner's number, 86.1% pass block win rate, which ranked 32nd. Um, 32nd among centers. Correct. Okay, so he's basically the worst pass-blocking center in the league, you're saying? Basically, yes, okay. <laughs> according to these numbers. Uh, 80.5% for uh, Walker Little in terms of pass-block win rate. So, I mean, and that's just – I just looked through the Jag stats. And that was and so, compared to uh, Juwan Taylor's what? Now you're asking me. Well, that uh, was the whole point. 86.1, I want to say. Okay, so Juwan Taylor graded out better as a pass-blocker than yes, Walker Little did. Let me find it. I'm right here. I'm right here. 
Um, I thought that was the whole point of the whole thing <laughs> we were doing. I forgot. <laughs> what did I tell you he was? It was like 86. Yeah. yeah. That's what um, I thought, anyway. Yeah. All right, so look, I think what it comes down to, to me, if you tell me Luke Fortner is the worst pass-blocking center in the league, I'd ask you how important is pass-blocking for centers because I don't feel like he was this massive Never liability. Never felt like it affected anything. Yeah. I, right, I didn't feel like, oh, my God, we can't get so-and-so. Like, like Justin uh, Simmons, did he dominate? This team this year? No, I, I didn't think so. Eighty-eight you know? point eight for Taylor. Sorry. All right, so he's this year. Yeah, this year he was significantly better uh, than Walker Little. So look, better than Cam Robinson. Uh, well, right, but, but again, what's the price that you're willing to put on that at right tackle, where you're going into the proposition thirty million dollars over the cap, and even if you move on from Shaq Griffin, you're still probably a yeah. What, roughly $15 million over the cap, yeah. something like that? It sounds like a bunch of average options to me. And, again, if the number's getting big for Jawan Taylor, I'm walking away. Like, I, I think he's an average NFL right tackle, and I wouldn't pay him above average. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Uh, if you've got your thoughts you want to get in, 641-1010. Uh, good discussion today about the various aspects of the offensive line and other things, talking about the most dramatic play of the year, which you can vote for. Uh, was it the two-pointer versus Baltimore, the walk-off pick six versus Dallas, the sack fumble touchdown versus Tennessee, or Riley Patterson winning it in comeback fashion with that field goal against the Chargers in the postseason. Uh, that poll up at MD underscore 1010XL on Twitter. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, moving through the second hour pretty quickly here. Uh, a lot of phone calls this morning. Mike DiRocco, final show for D-Rock as we wrap up the 2022 season and uh, obviously hope to have him back in his normal spot for 2023, the year the Jags win the Super Bowl. Where else would you want to be but having D-Rock right across from you? <laughs> Let's get Marshall and Springfield up next here on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Marshall. Hey, good morning, guys. Good to talk to you again. Uh, I know my predictions didn't come true, which is unfortunate, but I do want to put a positive light on things. At least it's a tale of two halves. Last year, we called it a rebuild year, and we scrapped the coaching staff, we scrapped the players, and we started over. This year, it's a build-on year. All we need to do is add a few pieces, and we are going a lot further than we did this year. Not only that, but being able to call it a build-on year makes the fan base so excited. You're going to see... TIA Bank just stacked with fans. Can't wait to see the games. I mean, it's going to be an amazing environment. And I would just ask if you would disagree with me on that, and I'll take the comments off the air. I think it's yet to be determined. I mean, look, it's it's not like they're bringing everyone back. You got to what we've been talking about here. You've got to build just to get back to where you are right now. Right now, Evan Ingram's not on this football team. Juwan Taylor's not on this football team. Arden Key is not on this football team. Dewan Smoot. Is not on this football team. So to build on, you got to get back to even. And to do that, you got to lop $30 million off the salary cap just to get to break even there. And that's including rolling in $11 million for Calvin Ridley. I mean, there's the possibility that, yeah, if, the, if you manage the cap well, uh, you can add some pieces and just take another step forward. But 
I, I don't think that's a guarantee. I think people are just assuming, oh, nine wins is the floor that they'll ever have now with Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor kind of said that himself, like, this is our floor. Well, we'll see. You know, um, I, I hope that's the case, but I don't think that's a, a given. You can't assume that. Like, <laughs> look at the Bills, yeah. right? The, the Bills, at what point do you say – we're we're here knocking on the door. How much further do you need to it's so to go? hard to get to a Super Bowl, man. People I still don't think people understand just how hard it is. Um but like look, from the standpoint of the fans, I think he's right. I mean, this is more uh, 2017 coming back to 2018, there was a lot of enthusiasm. I think we all picked him to go to the Super Bowl like yeah. a bunch of nimrods. Um but like there seems to be a little bit more thought that this is more sustainable because of the quarterback. Um, but I, I do think the, the enthusiasm is going to be like completely off the charts. But, you know, it, it, you don't just pick up right where you left off. You have to start back at OTAs and camp and all that stuff. And it takes a while. And we'll see what kind of moves they make. And, uh, you know, if whatever they do pays off as well as it did this year. But, I mean, I do expect the bank to be packed. You might talk awesome. about all these these dramatic plays, right? They go the other way. If you don't make yeah. these three plays in the regular season, you didn't win the division. You didn't make the playoffs this year. Yeah. And and if Tennessee, who you had no control over their collapse other than the two games you played against them, don't lose their quarterback. If they find a way to scrape out a couple more wins, yeah. then, you know, so. Well, they won nine games. They could have won 12 or they could have won five. Correct. Right? Like, it's not that hard to see a five-win season for And they this were year. remarkably healthy. Yeah. Like, ridiculously Re- healthy. Ridiculously That doesn't mean healthy. I don't have high expectations of course. for going forward, but it's. The, and they have high expectations. Yeah. Right. And but they should. How many times do you see it? Oh, well, now that you are here, it's a. I hope it is, it's right? Hard. But I don't think that now I can just say, well, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville were the four best teams. They were this year. Beat one of them in the playoffs with a time or two, and then, yeah, you're right. In the four. And, and by the way, the Chargers had you down 27 to nothing. Yeah. And Justin Herbert's coming back, you know, and so, yeah, I hope. Yeah, from a fan standpoint, sure, there's going to be a lot of uh, anticipation for what they can do and the pieces that they add, but. They're in great shape. They're in much better shape now than they no have question. been in the last 20 years. And that's not a guarantee you're going to go further. I mean, just Correct. to say, hey, now that's we're going to go further in the playoffs than we did this. You won a game in the playoffs. I mean, you made it to the Final Four in the AFC. There's no guarantee you're going beyond that next year. I hope they go to the Super Bowl. Hope mm-hmm. they go for the next 10. Patrick but. Mahomes and Tom Brady ruined this for fans <laughs> because they all think, well, look, Brady made nine. In a row, and Mahomes is now going what for the fifth He's time? He's in his fifth AFC title yeah, game. Yeah, and it's in a row, like yeah. it's it, that's that's why they're special. All right, let's get a quick look around the National Football League with Tony Smith. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The New York Jets are hiring former Denver Broncos head coach and Jaguars offensive coordinator Nate Hackett as their new OC. Kansas City quarterback Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. Andy Reid said yesterday that they could activate running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire off their injured reserve for this weekend's game, and wide receiver Miko Hardman was limited in practice. Cincinnati head coach Zach Taylor said yesterday that offensive lineman Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa 
are both improving as they work to return from injuries, but neither has been able to practice yet this week. San Francisco running backs Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell both missed practice on Wednesday. Head coach Kyle Shanahan said Monday that he expects that they will both be able to play in the NFC Championship game. Wide receiver Debo Samuel was limited in practice with an ankle injury, and defensive end Charles Aminahu is expected to play on Sunday despite his arrest for misdemeanor domestic violence two days ago. All right, thank you, Tony. Let's get uh, Zach on the west side next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Zach. Hey, good morning, guys. How we doing? Good. What's up? Hey, so, you know, we've seen uh, the Bucks uh, a few years ago and they had a success and they won the Super Bowl. They brought everyone back. You know, the Jaguars had a successful season, so why wouldn't they be able to do the same thing? Well, Didn't say they wouldn't. Yeah, I mean... It's a matter of where were the Bucks sitting cap space wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a few guys take a little less money to play with Tom Brady, uh, which is possible. Yeah. I, I don't recall the specifics of that. You can write it down on the sheet right now. I'm picking the Jags to win the AFC South next year. You do your rock? Yeah. yeah. A- and what, what happened? The Bucks didn't win the Super Bowl the next year. Right. Right. And then this year, they won the division with a losing record and only because the division fell apart. And now they're basically going into rebuild mode. So, you know, there's no... You can't bring everybody back. They just don't have the money for it. Look, how many times do we... We just talked about the Rams, right? They won the Super Bowl. They were a far cry from even getting near the playoffs because of injuries. That's the thing, D-Rock. They stayed so healthy this year. Yeah. I mean, Shaq Griffin lost a lot of games, but he didn't... The drop-off wasn't dramatic. Ben Barch is a guy that not everybody even thought would win the starting left guard job, so he gave it up to Shatley, who a lot of people thought would be the starter anyway. Cam Robinson went out, but you had Walker Little, and he played well in his absence, and then you lost Juan Smoot, who's not a starter. I mean, those are the key losses you had this year. I don't even even, want... even saying that, that's still remarkably healthy. Because Extremely they didn't, they didn't healthy. have guys like Kirk or Ingram have to miss two or three games with a high ankle sprain or – you know, foyer. God Lewican, forbid, number you know, sixteen. Shoulder. Yeah, exactly. So, and they lost. They got lucky because they lost guys at positions where they had really good depth. Right, and that's not Except always going to be Smoot. the case. Except for Smoot. Well, yeah. again, you know, can the Jags add to what they've done? Sure, they can. But at, at some, you just don't. There's not an unlimited pot of money, right? I mean, you look. I get it. You can manage the salary cap, but at some point. The bill comes due. The Rams are paying that bill now. Now, it was worth it because they won the Super Bowl. But most teams that that push all those chips in to, you know, stretch that out, don't do it. you got to find a way to stay competitive year in, year out, building it around Trevor Lawrence. I think they can be competitive. I'll pick them to win the AFC South, barring something crazy happening this offseason. Right. But that there's no guarantee at all. I mean, there were any number of plays away from losing to the Chargers. You can change any number of plays. The Travis Etienne gets stuffed on the, the fourth down, right? Uh, Riley Patterson misses the field goal. Any number of things can happen. That's just one play in that game alone. Yeah, so. and, and you have to you have to be smart about your money situation too because you're going to have to pay 16 pretty quickly. Another two years maybe, maybe three years. And even if you don't pay him, you're going to franchise him. It's going to be a big number. Uh, I think they're going so. to pay him as soon as they possibly can. I think it's smart. The sooner you pay him, the because Trevor's going to be – he's not going to be Daniel Jones. Like, Daniel no. Jones not getting $45 million, right? No. Trevor's going to get near top-of-the-market money. 
Absolutely. Based on his age and potential. They can pay him after next year. That's the earliest they can pay right. him. And if you wait and don't pay him, then that number's going up. And then it's going up again. Every year it's going to keep going up. So the, you lock him in. G- give me a seven-year deal, Trevor, at the top of the market. Because that top of the market in two years after that won't be top of the market anymore. It will be. You know, so, ha! Huh, you know what? It's so much better, this kind of stuff. How do we keep <laughs> together a, a division champion team yeah. and, uh, uh, and add to it then the garbage we were going through uh, with no coach at this time last year? All right, we'll come back and take a look at the Chet and Sandy Real Estate question of the day and give you our thoughts on it for the most dramatic moment of the season for the Jaguars. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we've got the Chad and Sandy Real Estate question of the day out there for you. Chad and Sandy Real Estate, multiple offers on your home in three days or they'll sell it for free. Visit them online at chadandsandy.com, spelled just like you would expect it to be. And today we asked you, what was the most dramatic moment of the season for the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars? We've got about 700 votes in so far. We'll tell you where that stands in a moment, but let's go around the table with a 10-10 take. 10 10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take, brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We are made for this. I do think that these are all dramatic plays in their own right, right? And and some of them may mean more to you. Like beating Tennessee, that was the most satisfying win of the season, right? And it was a dramatic play. I just happen to think that the walk-off pick six versus Dallas is the most dramatic dramatic play. I think a lot of us went into that game. I'll I'll speak for myself. I went into that game wondering, could they throw punches with a team that had that much talent on the roster? I think Dallas has one of the most talented rosters in the National Football League, and they fell behind, and they came back, and they proved that they could do it, and they got in a position where they capitalized on a, a good bounce of the football, and all of a sudden... You got the other team maybe 15 yards or so away from trying a long field goal to to knock you out of the game to we're walking it off and we're winning. So I just thought the going from not having the ball to Rayshon Jenkins crossing the goal line with the ball in his hands, to me that's the most dramatic moment of the season. Now, knowing they could have lost that game, and if everything else stays the same, Jags are still division champs. They still go to the playoffs. They still host the Chargers. But in that moment, I would vote for the walk-off pick six versus Dallas. Tony, what about you? Uh, I would vote the sack or the uh, fumble return for Josh Allen against Tennessee. Okay. Just with the the magic of the next couple of weeks, right, don't even happen without that moment. I'm not sure they score. They're, the offense was getting nothing done in that game, and they found different ways to score, and they did it obviously with the Rayshon Jenkins mm-hmm. pick six against Dallas, but the – the pitch of the emotional level of the fan base going into that drive and how it switched so fast. Like it was in the absolute dumpster, and then all of a sudden they're on the mountaintop five seconds later because of one play. The drama of that in a single moment is unbelievable. It's why we love sports. Absolutely. It's that kind of moment. All right. Uh, D-Rock, what do you say? I say the two-point conversion against uh, the Ravens, but also but- – also because of everything that led up to that, because that was the moment when I think everybody knew, okay, Trevor is the real deal. 
That that's it. Like he had started to turn things around from that ball uh, Denver game, and to lead him down like that, and to win the game the way he did with those two throws. Um, the confidence. I mean, I I think everybody inside the building, the players, uh, you know, they may say there was no doubts, but I think there probably were dark, start doubts starting to creep in. I think. Sure. Um, but for what he did there, I was like, okay, this they're fine. They believe in him. This kid's the real deal, and this franchise is going to be just fine. It was a statement play, like, hey, you know what? We're right gonna we're, we're winning this yes. right here, right? And he may have thrown that ball to Zay Jones ninety five miles an hour. That thing, I mean, you, I was told you could hear it flying by. That's how hard he threw that ball. Ball just sounds different coming out of his hand. <laughs> We've heard that. Uh, Et, what you say, man? It's only right for me to say Patterson's field goal. It would be, right, to make right. it a four-way squeeze here. Um, it was Saturday night, under the lights. The bank was packed. Trevor threw four picks in the first half. It was like a movie. And then the second half, Roy Robertson talking to the guy, hey, Trevor, we're going to get you the ball. We know you're going to do what you're going to do. It was a movie script. And then our boy Riley Patterson came and won the game. Come on, And man. don't think there wasn't some drama there. Like, drama. I mean, your heart's in your chest, man. Yes. You're like, oh, my gosh, if you come this far. squeaked in. We, just, it, we, we were looking from the side. We didn't know. He had a little baby draw on it, though, D-Rock. <laughs> it's one of those that, you know, sometimes you hit it, the lake's on the right side, but you know that ball's going to curve in about two yards, and I felt confident. I saw that little draw spin on it, but uh, that you know what? Here's the where the poll stands right now. We got about 750 votes in. And obviously, we'll leave this out there tomorrow morning. So anybody else who hasn't voted has a chance to do that. Uh, the sack fumble touchdown versus Tennessee pulling forty five point six percent of the vote. That is your leading vote getter. Uh, the walk off pick six versus Dallas getting twenty seven and a half percent of the vote. Patterson's field goal versus the Chargers getting eighteen point seven, and then eight point two uh, going with the two point play versus Baltimore. And others have pointed out they said, well, hey. You know, the Travis Etienne run on fourth down was very dramatic. Yes, it was. The reason I went with this is we did the poll a couple of weeks ago of what was the best play of the season. And the walk-off pick six and the sack fumble touchdown were both in there. And we also included Trevor's decision to go for two against the Chargers, which was a huge play. And then Travis Etienne's run on fourth down. The latter two kind of got swamped. So we wanted to say maybe, you know, we'll pull that. There are a lot of dramatic moments in that comeback. Let's boil it down to the very final play of the game. One we haven't talked about, too, was the last minute of regulation in the Cowboys game. Trevor turns it over. They get the ball back. They drive down. They got to get that field goal to, to, to force overtime. Yep. I mean, for him to rebound like that and that that drive, that was pretty freaking No, you're, you're absolutely too. right. I mean, look, that that's the beauty of this season. Thank you, Jaguars, for giving us some positive drama. Like, we're not sitting here going, oh, yeah, it was, you know, they, they beat the Bills 9-6. to <laughs> like, like last, And that like, Colts uh, win in the season, that was awesome. Yeah, oh, wasn't that great, right? <laughs> oh, we, we own the Colts at the end of the season. That's yeah. fantastic. Still have the number one pick in the draft. Ended their Lucky year. Us. That's what we're about. We ended the yeah. Colts season well, we last did. year. We did, and that was That was good. awesome. I mean, that was good for what they had, but now you're like, all right, we got that. Never mind. We shut out the Colts 24 to nothing. That was pretty good. We whooped up on the Chargers by 28, yeah. right? And we never win there. So there were great moments along the way. You hope that they can, some of the games against lesser teams, I'm not saying even lesser than the Jags. I'm talking about the teams 
that they had all those consecutive one-score losses. You did have Philadelphia in there, but there are a lot of teams that you feel are beatable. You can win three of those five, and maybe you lose one or two of the other ones, and you improve to 10, 11 wins. That, to me, is a positive because, man, you are playing the first-place schedule, and it does mean something when it's a difference between Kansas City and the rest of the division, right? When it's Cincinnati, which right now has the look of one of the teams that's going to dominate the next several years in the National Football League, at least. You know, they've been to the Super Bowl. They're back in the AFC title game. They can claim to be on a different plane right now than most teams in the NFL. Buffalo's still absolutely freaking loaded, right? The Chargers still have a ton of talent. Um, Maybe Tennessee doesn't collapse next year, but I'd like to think they can sweep the Texans, sweep the Colts, and that's two wins you pick up right there if you just do that. And even if you end up splitting with the Titans, you end up with a better uh, divisional record than you had this year. So a lot of ways to do it and a long time before we get there. Uh, Before we say goodbye to Mike DiRocco this morning, we're going to talk to uh, Joe C because the crew is in attendance for a big day out at Mr. Tattoo on Bay Meadows in San Jose. Let's check in. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Joe C., uh, tell us, give us the lay of the land, what's going on at Mr. Tattoo today with Leon Searcy. Yeah, right here at the end of Bay Meadows Road, where it empties out into San Jose, you'll see the big tattoo sign up top. And so Big Surce is going to go over to the chair, and Travis is going to ink him up. This will be Leon's first tattoo, and he did it because they were 2-1. and one. They were 2-1. and one. He said, if this team goes to the playoffs, I'm getting a Jack tattoo. And so definitely come on by if you want to say, hey, check it out. You know, this is a small, very personal tattoo shop, and Travis and them have done a great job here. So, uh, you know, you can come in, take a peek, say, hey, but Liam will start getting his tattoo around a little after 1 o'clock this afternoon. He's got he's got the big paw, Jaguar paw, with the 72 underneath it. So it's going to look it's going to look really cool. Hey, Joe C., do you guys have EMTs on standby just in case the big fella faints there? Well, he came in with a limp. He walked in like Fred Sanford. I was a little worried as soon as he came in. But uh, he's good to go. He said he's a man of his word, uh, and he's good to go. Now, we may have to get him a big old uh, All-Pro Series cigar afterwards and some brown water, but he said he's ready to go. All right, so the claw. I'm sure we'll have plenty of, of social media posts uh, yes, that yes. depict this, but I'm trying to visualize here. Is it the Jaguar yeah. head logo with the swiping claw and his number, or is it just the swiping yeah. claw and his number? All right, I'm going to try and see how fast I can send this to you. Okay. Because it's got, and this is at least right now what we're going with. Um, and Travis is like he said, I could take a look and 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 he either he will either go old Jaguar logo or new Jaguar logo. Where are you sending um, this to me? Uh, Twitter, uh, text? Uh, text, uh, text. So you now. should see it here just a second. And so that part of it, it's just a cool looking tattoo, and you know, hopefully. Uh, everything will go where he likes it. It's going to go on the bicep. We're going to pick the right bicep since he played right tackle here. And then if he ever comes back and says, I want to go with the uh, the U, he'll put it on the left side because he played left tackle back in the day yeah. uh, at, at Miami. Makes sense. It's, yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's interesting, cool the choice, right? Because you go with the, the updated logo, which is right. the now, and you're celebrating them making the postseason. But – Leon didn't play under that logo, so yeah, so he may. 
That may be the switch. That's what we're looking at right now. All right. Well, you know what? Either yeah. way, just remind them it's permanent. So <laughs> there's <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. Uh, except uh, I guess you can get it lasered off, but that would hurt a lot. And uh, so this well, one. If you go with the updated logo, won't people think you're getting Walker Little tattooed on your shoulder there? Or your arm uh, there? Perhaps so. Maybe so. Maybe <laughs> he's just a big fan. Rock, you might you might get the hands from Search if he hears that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Hey, Joe, have a great show out there at Mr. Tattoo. I hope a bunch of uh, – Folks, stop by so they can witness uh, what's going down with Leon in person today. All right. Sounds good, fellas. All right, buddy. Thank you. We'll see you. I can't wait to see Leon. Hopefully, he's in studio with us tomorrow. Hope mm-hmm. he doesn't have the uh, the uh, the Budweiser flu on uh, uh, Friday, <laughs> trying to trying to drink away the pain tonight. Uh, all right, D-Rock, for you, what what is the next uh, – you know, we talked about some of the long-form stuff you're going to be writing about. Right. What's the, the life of D-Rock going to be like, though, for the next few months? Uh, working from home. Awesome. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, I'll squeak in, uh, you know, a round or two of golf, I'm Yay! sure. But um, not this weekend. But not D-Rock's this been weekend. like, I can't wait till the season's over. In in the terms of like, we're we're all enjoying the ride. But he's like, as soon as the season's over, man, we're, we're gonna go out and golf. play some golf. I go, D-Rock, you want to play this weekend? I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I, I gotta mean, spend time first, with my wife. Yeah, it's the first off weekend <laughs> off. So. She sees it every day, my man. All right, D-Rock. yeah, that's and she's more disappointed that the season's over because now I'm home. You're the best, brother. We love having you in and look forward to doing it again for uh, what can only be an even better 2023. Jaguar fans have spoken. No backsliding here. We're only getting better until eventually we run the table 17-0, first team to make it to 20-0. And it's in Vegas, right? That's where it is next year. Is that where it is next year? Seems like New Orleans. I thought it was Vegas. You finish in Vegas. We'll be in New Orleans. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> put it this way: if the Jags, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna guarantee anything today. I was in a tattoo mood today uh, with Whoa, that, but you know what? I, I backed away from the ledge just in time. Um, we'll have to come up with some parameters. I might uh, go down that road with Cirs one day. I'm a, not nearly as tough as Leon is, however. All right. Uh, thanks to Mike DeRocco for his many appearances throughout the season. For Tony Smith. For E.T., I'm Mike Dempsey. Tom McManus is in with us tomorrow. This has been Jaguars Today. Stick around for XL Primetime next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Yo, Jacksonville. Who want to eat a W? Two more.